There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher, and we've got an awesome show for you coming up. This is the first of many shows to come with just Centauri and I. We thought it would be fun to spend 20 minutes on important subject matter, and what better way to start than two American patriots talking patriotism. Please do us a favor and like the show, leave us a review wherever you are listening, and share the show on social media. That's enough about that. Let's go. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. This is George Grumbacher. Joining me as always is Centauri Minor. Hello, folks. Helping us move from awareness to action today is... Us. Us. This is awesome. And the topic is patriotism. Okay. Centauri, I identify as a member of a tribe, and that tribe is the United States of America. Okay. I call myself an American, and I am a proud patriot. Are you, sir... I'm, I would consider myself a proud patriot, yes. And if somebody were to ask you how you identify, what, what would you say? I guess that's a, a pretty loaded question. I think there's a number of approaches to that. If I were, say, in a foreign country, I would say I identify as an American, but here I would say probably African-American. But I think that's mostly just because of the social construct, constructs make us believe that. But I think above all, I would identify as being an American. Yeah, fair enough. Well, the idea of patriotism is a big one, like any other concept that we would talk about. So I think that it would be important, or I thought it would be important to start with a, uh, a definition. And Merriam-Webster tells us that patriotism is love for or devotion to one's country. Okay. So can we agree on that? We can agree on that. And then from there, I guess that I did a bad job setting this program up. I think that what we want to do is keep this 20 minutes. Yes. So let's start the clock again. Um, we'll probably have 19 minutes left to try to, for lack of a better term, unpack this concept. Boom. Let's do it. Um, so anyway, so love for or devotion to one's country. Um, so when you think about patriotism, what is it that comes to mind? Why is it important today? Why is it a hot topic today? <laughs> that's, a, that's a lot of questions, George. Um, Patriotism, what comes to mind, I think most people think like, I would think the American flag, but if you think about what this country means to so many people, it's more than that. I would say patriotism is looking at, um, I'll, I'll do this strictly from a United States perspective, looking at how you can devote and commit yourself to a country that has nurtured you. Um, so coming from an idea that United States, no matter, no matter your views on what we're doing, what we've done, it's been... A country that has fostered the American dream and that's something that I believe a lot of people like and can get behind and so patriotism in that way is really a supporting that country um, to the best of your abilities but I think also when you think of patriotism I think depending on who you are in this country um, different things come to mind so what I said about the American flag that might be true if you're a, a, a white male in the south but if you're a Latina female in California, you might think of patriotism as a very different thing. Um, so it'd be it'd be interesting to get those viewpoints at some point. But I think it just depends on who you are. Does it really? I, I yeah, I would say so. Um, what? It, oh, Chris Rock has this great joke about the United States, and it's like if you're black in America, 
the U.S. is like the uncle that molested you but paid for, paid for college. So being black in the United States, you have a better, a much, much better life and um, opportunities for advancement and growth than you would anywhere else in, in the country. And I think... Um, in the world, you in, mean. In, or in the world. I think we, a lot of people take that for granted. And so if you, I would much rather be black here than in France, right? And so that's one piece of it. But... Our, my experience is very different than your experience as it relates to this country. So I think people would have a different like, thought on patriotism. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. And a subjective nuance and subjectivism, I think, is, is a valuable, important thing. But getting down to the root of really what patriotism is first, which is why I started with the, uh, the definition, I think is also really important. There's this great C.S. Lewis quote that says that unless – the measuring rod is independent of the things measured. We can do no measuring. Hmm. So you need to set what that objective truth is. So what the definition of patriotism is, it's got to be set, and then we can go into subjective experience and nuance and everything else. But maybe we should start at the beginning and talk about really what the founding fathers, for lack of a better term, the founders of the country really meant. Hmm. And that's a declaration of independence, obviously, and then the Constitution. Right, right, right. Do you think that most people have read those? Um, I think it's, I would hope, well, you know, no. I think people understand them esoterically and, like, understand them as works that have shaped this country. But if people read them from beginning to end, I doubt I doubt most people have. Probably been a long time. Yeah. And it's, yeah, you learn, you go through that stuff in maybe fourth through eighth grade. And then you may be, depending on where you went to high school, revisit that as a junior and then maybe in college, depending on what you studied. But for the most part, I don't think that's something that people keep top of mind. It's something that people talk about all the time, much like the Bible, uh, but probably never really revisit or have a, there. I would say very few Americans are uh, well-read, well-versed, and could be considered scholarly on the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution. Right, right. Which, which I certainly agree. And the conversations that we're having right now in the United States, mm-hmm. if it's about equality or if it's mm-hmm. about race relations or if it's about protest and, and speech, it's kind of silly to think about how people are weighing in on this, probably not having a good understanding of what the founding documents actually yeah. say. And if you have no idea what they really say, then how can you really have a good interpretation of what they mean? And then how can you apply behavior to those documents? I think one of the, the big things that I, I personally believe, and this is what this whole podcast is about, is you know civic engagement. And I think for Americans, especially right now, it would be, I don't know how you would require citizens to do this. It'd be very hard to do so. But spend time, and I'm, I'm going to have this challenge myself, and I think that should be a prescription for our listeners, but actually sit down and go through the Constitution and have a, a, a conversation with someone about it or the Declaration of Independence and go through what that means, what your interpretations are, of it are, and think about how that relates to um, your life right now and why and the history behind that. So, because to your point, unless you have a good understanding, or at least it's a recent reading of it, it's hard to say this is what it said or this is what we should do based on whatever when you actually have no idea because you haven't read it since you were eight years old. So I think for me, one of the things that I want to do is make sure that I can get that top of mind read and then have some conversations about what it actually means. Because I think the more that Americans have that dialogue, have that discourse um, in, a civ- uh, in a civil manner, the better off we'll be and probably would have less contentious arguments that are based on things that we believe rather than things that are rooted in 
what's actually on the paper. Hopefully. Right. I- ideally. A lot of a lot of the time when I look at the discourse that's happening in the country, it makes me think, are we in a post-history environment where we're not we're just not paying attention to the history of the world? We're not paying attention to our history. And when I say our, I mean Americans. It's more, well, this is my history. Mm. Uh, <laughs> it's my personal experience. And that's what's really molding mm. and shaping my opinion on these things. And we're all, I mean, I, I sh- we all should be cognizant of our own personal experience. But it's not a post-history environment. Mm. You need to be cognizant of where we've been. Because if you're not, well, you know what's going to happen is we're going to do it over again. Right, right, right. And we also don't live in a post-learning environment where I'm so set in my ways that there's no way that anything that you say is going to influence me at all. Because right, 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 right. that's not the case, at least at least for me. I think it's... it's oh, you've touched on a lot of things there. For folks, I think, even given the work that I do, it's interesting finding folks who feel like they are too busy to learn. And I think that is a big American thing. Um, that people always say, well, I don't have the time to be well-read. I don't have the time to read the Constitution. I don't have the time to do X, Y, and Z. But if you really want to be a great citizen, if you want to learn about um, the world, if you want to be a good American, a good patriot, you have to know the history of this country. And you made a good point, the history of this country. I, I had a, I took a 20th century U.S. history class in college, and one of the things that turned me off from the class was that it was taught exclusively from um, the People's History of the United States by Howard Zinn, which is a great book, but I felt that we didn't get to the actual looking at all of the United States in uh, the U.S. history of the 20th century, but rather just through marginalized groups, which was not, which was great. I mean, I loved hearing that, but I also signed up for the class to know about like the United States as a whole. Right. So to your point, I think we have to look at the United States as a whole, that history, learn it, love it, and then you can weave in your own personal pieces of that as you see as you see that. Yeah. I think that a big part of a big part of life is understanding what the difference between goals and ideals is. Mm-hmm. Is that the Constitution and our funding documents? A lot of it is based on ideals, and the difference, from my perspective, on what a goal and an ideal is, is that an ideal is something that I'm probably never going to reach. That doesn't mean that I stop striving for it. Goals are things that I can actually do and, and get there, yep. and then reset them and get new ones. Right. The ideal, I'm never going to be my ideal self. That doesn't mean just because I fall short, I stop. So just because we're not, as a country, living up to the ideals that the Founding Fathers set out doesn't mean we throw the baby out the bathwater, and I'm not saying that that's what's happening. But I I feel like there's a lot of frustration and divisiveness um, because in some areas we are falling short. It's important for people to remember this is a practice. It's not a game of perfect. Right, and that we can do... Why wouldn't you want to strive for those, those ideals, right? And... You know, when the founding fathers, I'm assuming, when they made the, uh, when they made these documents and had these ideals, they, of course, couldn't foresee everything that would change in this country. And so that kind of put us sideways. But we should always go back to the root and think about the history um, of where we began and, and think about, okay, today, what does that look like and what can we strive for? So the idea of ideals, of course, every American in this country should make sure that we are striving for that and not get discouraged by the fact that we haven't gotten to whatever those things are yet. And might not. You might not. And I think that that's really what patriotism is, at least for the United States of America, is believing in 
what our founding fathers said in the Declaration of Independence. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, um, that among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Yes. Would you, quick yes or no, would you tomorrow go to go to war for your country? I would, yes. Okay. I, I, I believe I would as well, which is where I think, when you think about, we had a, um, I had a speaker come in last, last week to just talk about what's going on in Iraq and Iran, and it made me think about if I were asked to fight for this country, would I? And, absolutely, and I absolutely would. And I wonder, I really wonder if we polled, if we just went out on the sidewalk and said, tomorrow if they say you're deployed to Iraq, would you put up a fight? Or would you say, all right, this is my duty to the country? And I'm really, I think that would be a really fascinating thing to find out. If the average American would say, yes, I'm in, or if they would say, hell no, I don't, I, I'm not going to fight for this country because of X, Y, and Z. That's really what I think that we're talking about is, would you fight for the ideal of what the country stands for or, or I think a lot of the people would say, fuck no, I think that our president is blah, blah, blah. an asshole Whatever. or he's great and yeah, I'd support him or I wouldn't. And that's not, from my perspective, what patriotism is. Great. I'm not a patriot. I don't love the United States of America because of the president and I like Barack Obama and I like I, whatever. I right. have respect for the office, but that's not what America is. It's right. not the president. Right. It's what we're talking about the, here. These ideals, right? And that, I think, is where maybe there's some confusion going on right now. And one of these really fun, hot topics is the uh, the NFL and the the protests which are going on. Um, do you have thoughts on that? Um, I think that I mean, given part of patriot, part of being an American is being able to speak your beliefs, uh, whatever those might be. So, big think, part. Um, if folks want to. There are two parts to that. If folks want to protest, they should be able to protest no matter what. But you're also understanding that for, for an NFL specifically, you're an employee of an of an organization. So whatever they're, if you want to work for that organization, you should abide by the rules. And if not, if not, you don't have to. But taking outside of the context of the NFL, if someone wants to protest and someone wants to spend their time protesting this country, they should be able to. And it should be encouraged, right? I think we've gotten to this place where someone says you're un-American per se for doing these things, and that's not true. You're very much American by saying, I don't believe in these X, Y, and Z. And it's it's, it's just fascinating to see people get up in arms about um, the NFL protest or whatever it might be, but don't realize how that is something they have a right to as well so they can protest they can do whatever they want so i think it goes back to what we were talking about of understanding what the constitution looks like what understanding what the declaration of independence looks like and also going back to the part about civil discourse i doubt anyone would has ever talked to anyone who's up in arms about it taking one of those people out to lunch and say all right talk to me about this like what does it look like to you what why are you doing this and then maybe they'd ever understand it like oh i i get it now it's not just that i'm black lives matter or Pro women, whatever it might be, it's I fundamentally believe these things to be true, and our current state of affairs go against that. So I want to publicly make a statement about that. But no one's talking on both sides. No one's talking to each other, and I think that is where we have a big gap in this country and where patriotism falls. Yeah, and that's where the opportunity probably lies. Right. Certainly, because Alexander Hamilton or Thomas Jefferson or James Madison would all say that such an important part, an integral part of our, our country and our system demands 
that if there is dissent, that that dissent has a voice. Right. You see a and problem we with this. Yeah. Yes. 100%. So does Colin Kaepernick or XYZ player have the right to, to protest? And should they be able to do that? Of course. Absolutely. Of course they should. Does Richard Spencer and the alt-right, do they have the ability to march and have their protests? Absolutely they right. do. Yeah, and that's really interesting. I, I believe so wholeheartedly, but I was in a meeting um, and someone was said, should we, um, isn't it our charge to silence those voices? And I said, absolutely not, because you're no better off than them, right? We should... If you have an opinion or thought on something, you should be able to voice it. Now, people don't have to hear it. People don't have to go to the, the march or people don't have to go. I mean, that's their choice. But we hit a slippery slope when we start deciding what can be said and what cannot be said. So everyone should have the right to say those things. And as long as it doesn't get violent and you're not encroaching on someone's life, I obviously. But if you have something that is considered hateful, then if you have a platform, you should be able to use it. That's why our country exists. There's a There was a great article that I read about um, a professor who was getting to this point where she was saying she doesn't know where that line's drawn anymore. So, and I think she's very much on the left, but saying it's getting to a point where she doesn't know where she can teach, what she can say, because there's so many different things about how we're silencing hate. And yes, you should say something out against hate or against violence, but these people have a right to say whatever they want as long as they're an American citizen. So let them say whatever they want. And I think that that is the issue of the day, or at least one of them. We had the opportunity to have somebody on the show a couple of weeks ago talking about free speech on college campus. And for God's sakes, the answer to hate speech is not no speech. It right. is more speech. Right. So people need to get their fucking heads out of their asses. I think. And realize that. This is, I don't want to make this too political, but I think. Uh, might as well. It's our podcast. Um, we can do whatever we want. <laughs> we can do whatever we want. You look at what happened in the election, whether you liked it or not, but you had a bunch of people on the left who were so in their own bubble of thought, of greatness, of we're the liberal elite and we do everything right, that they didn't think about other voices in that. And I think that's what's helping, which is what is happening now is that they feel that these pro-LGBTQ, pro-women, pro-black, whatever voices are the only things that should be pushed to the front. That's not true. You have to have the other side. So you you at least know what's out there and you know how to counter it. And hopefully both sides can have a, ideally, going back to ideas, can have a conversation about where they can find middle ground or common ground. No ground at all, but have a conversation with each other. But as soon as you start silencing those voices, there's that's where you find revolt. And if I were on the alt-right side and I constantly was getting hit with people saying, you can't speak on my campus or you can't do this, I would say, you can't deny me, especially in a public university, you can't deny me that because I'm an American citizen. So of course you're just going to incite more rage and, um, and, and violence on that. So I think that the left, more so, has to get it together and figuring out that we have to welcome all voices, even if it's a voice that you don't like. American citizens and folks that identify as Americans whether you're right or you're left, man, because we're all in this together. And that's the only way forward is to be able to have dialogue about this and to learn and to listen. Um, And our time is going to be coming to a close here in a couple of minutes. But I don't understand why why we're taking cues from fucking athletes or from celebrities or from the news media anyway. I mean, educate yourself. Go online, Google 
United States Constitution, Declaration of Independence. I imagine a lot of the folks that are listening to this were preaching to the choir, but right. it it's worth a refresher. Check it out. Formulate your own opinion about these things. I think um, not only that, but I it it's very important for people to have conversations with people who are not like them. So we get into these thought bubbles on both sides where people who just, you sit around with folks that validate your ideas constantly. Mm -hmm. So I would actually challenge our listeners to find someone that has opposing views of you and just have coffee or or lunch or drinks with them and say, all right, let's talk about this topic. Let's set some boundaries around how far we'll get so we don't get upset with each other. But I want to know why you believe in X, Y, and Z. And you should know why I believe in X, Y, and Z. And the more that people do that, the more they can, one, understand the other side one, they can probably articulate their side better, and two, you've created a point where you have, you know that you can have civil discourse with someone else. And at the end of the day, people don't have to agree on anything, but they do have to do it in a civil way that moves us forward. Agreed. Centauri, you sir are a patriot. I am a patriot, and so are you, <laughs> George Kronbacher. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. Hopefully you folks enjoyed uh, Centauri and I's first session of just he and I trying to, uh, trying to figure these issues out. This is awesome. Um, if you like what you heard, again, please subscribe to the show if you haven't. Give us a like on the Facebook page and feel free to share us on social media with somebody that you think would benefit from listening to, uh, to today's show. And as always, keep questioning because the struggle is real.